0: Welcome back to the Traverse Theatre's Open Submissions Workshop Podcast, where we give you the tools to take you from idea to draft. This week's workshop is in conversation with Debbie Hannon and Nasa Mootti. Join them as they discuss representing working class voices in theatre. If you're enjoying the series so far, we'd love to hear from you. You can tweet us at Traverse Theatre or email us infotraverse.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe so you can get these workshops straight to your feed as soon as they're released each Wednesday. Hello, my name is Debbie Hannan. I'm a theatre director and today as part of the Open Submissions series of workshops I'm speaking to Nasa Pass over to Hi. you, Naysa.
1: Hi, thank you, Debbie. Um, I'm Nasa Mittie and I am a freelance playwright and screenwriter.
0: Um, Nasa and I have worked together a lot um, for like a long time. <laughs> How long? Years?
1: Ten years.
0: Yeah. Oh, no,
1: seven years. Seven it's, years.
0: The it's, lucky it's number.
1: Both sang Frozen together in in, in John
0: Lewis, <laughs> the, mo-
1: the most working class, the hilarious
0: in my life. most <laughs> middle class shop that's ever existed. <laughs> um, yeah, Nathan and I, um, I've known each other for seven years. We've worked together on and off, and a, a lot of our relationship as a writer and director has been based around uh, speaking about and making work about working class identity, um, and in fact, uh, doing work within the industry to make it more class diverse. So so today we are very naturally speaking about class um, in playwriting Um, and just want to say that we, um, although today we're going to talk a lot about particularly working class identity, that we're really aware that there is a series of other class identities that often get amalgamated uh, into that umbrella and get kind of washed away in terms of nuance. Um, So there are things like benefits class, Underclass, criminal class, um, and there are artists who identify as that out there, um, because it is specific to their lived experience. So, some of the chat today and the exercises we have will apply to those things because they are intersectional. There's shared lived experiences kind of across all of those, but um, we also acknowledge that we will miss things out because we are speaking, particularly from working class lens, because of both our backgrounds um, and the work that we've done. So. I think it's really useful and probably a good headline for the workshop in terms of specificity around that stuff. Um, And also that we are not gospel. We are just two artists who make, (laughs) Mason's like, yes, we are. I am. I am Jesus. (laughs) That's that's why I thought I'd get you on. (laughs) Um, We're two artists who make stuff who, um, yeah, I acknowledge the specificity of our, of our, take on it so there is so much more but hopefully what we'll talk about today uh which is a lot about NASA's practice as a writer and then some exercises uh will be able to inspire particularly working class writers um, who are wondering how to start writing or in the middle of writing or how to add to their writing uh, hopefully this can feed all of that um so Nasa do you want to speak a bit about I mean, this is the biggest question, how class (laughs) affects your writing? Yeah,
1: Um, I guess it affects my writing in every single way imaginable. Um, Because a long time ago, I um, made this sort of like a manifesto for myself, I guess, for want of a better word, that I would only ever write uh, or put centre stage or centre screen working class women of colour um so uh yeah so i've basically set that up for myself because i wanted to when we were in an age of perhaps less activism um and uh, i wanted to find a way to actively change the landscape in a in a in a small way mm. um so uh i guess in the, in that respect but also it's it's literally about the you know i think you said to me once um Debbie, like, I don't think your hand can write, you know, um, other stories, mean, not in like a, in a closing down, as in that's no. all you can write. It's just what comes from you. It is, yeah. yeah and, like, and that can, and I think that's even if I write a character that isn't, isn't working class, if they're from a middle class background, mm. I'm still doing it through the lens of how I've perceived them or received them um, as a working class person. Mm. And I think, and we'll talk a bit more about this later, but for me, it is also about rhythms of language and how people speak and the way in which they order words. Um, and um, yeah, so there's, there's, there's that aspect. I guess also it's about the things that I watched growing up. Um, I wasn't taken to the, to the theatre. If you said to my granddad or my mum, you know, the, the National Theatre, they wouldn't know what that was even now my granddad's yeah. devas- devastated and still never forgiven me that I never took the job in Marks and Spencers yeah um, which was never on the table um but anyway um I grew up watching soaps um essentially, essentially and um certainly um they were full of uh particularly matriarchal working class women Mm -hmm. and they were hugely hugely influential um you know I remember like um EastEnders having a story with when Kat Slater's daughter um a big spoiler alert her her, what everyone thought was her sister but uh, was actually her daughter and that being like a really seismic moment um Mm -hmm. in Soap but the wider world and I I think I recognized very early on that Soap is is super powerful it reaches such a huge in a democratic way because it's literally in your in your houses or your home um it reaches so many so many people and again another example is coronation street when sarah louise was 13 years old and i think this country had a massive um uh teenage pregnancy rate at that time um and she was 13 years old or 14 and, and pregnant and that was talked about in Parliament. Um, so I think from a young age, I sort of had a, uh, an activist um, element to it that was so tied up in watching working class men and women, but largely women, it's women stories and characters for me that hold up those shows. Mm. Um, and similarly, again, you know, uh, what, what, I, what I saw, the one thing we did go to was the pantomime. Yeah. Um, so that you know, a very celebratory, um, and it was part of like a you know a, a treat package. I mean, not that my nan and granddad sort of framed it that way, you know. It was sort of it was always after Christmas on my nan's birthday. So uh, uh, you know, entertainment was was at the was at the core of what I was was watching and, and receiving as a young person. So it was this mixture of like um,
0: br- women uh, women's stories being centered, activism mm-hmm. within that. Um, yeah. And actually, always a massive streak of like of of like t- it's time off work, isn't it? Weirdly, like, yeah. it's the thing of yeah. like you you were the good night out, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That was the part. That was the core of it. You know, it was. Yeah. It was. As I said, it was my nan's my nan's birthday's on the twenty seventh of, of December, so that was a celebratory uh, thing that we did mm. as a family. Um,
0: and, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a real divide now, potentially between like the um perceived like intellectual like moral salve of new writing uh mm. you know what I mean the kind of like mm-hmm. it's it's going to teach us something and uh, which equally I like a bit of me loves. so I'm like yeah I want to watch something that's about now and it's urgent and is um and does reflect and on a difficult question an element of yeah. being alive now um because I've got that kind of like you know that is the the thing of the live performance in front of you yeah but but yeah it's funny how that often then like reifies into this middle class atmosphere of 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 quite quite like light intellectualism actually like it never really challenges whereas yeah the working class work like can uh, yeah it's got the potential to it it can have a song and dance you know
1: absolutely and
0: a a really difficult question
1: yes I think it can do both and it should, and it should do, it should do both. You know, it should be like, like you're not, we were never tuning into Coronation Street for like our moral. Yeah. That week, do you know what I mean? We, we we would watch Coronation Street because it was written by some of the funniest writers in the, in the, in the country, you know, Jonathan Mm. Harvey, um, and uh, Sally Wainwright. Um,
0: God, amazing writers. uh,
1: Phenomenal people that have come through, through that show. And I think, um, yeah, I think that's what I mean. I'm, this sounds like I'm just on a bandwagon for Cornish, but that's. But I think that's what great working yeah. class art does. It, yeah. it, it shows you the joy and the pain, and that they, you know, for everyone, no matter what class, those two do sit side by side. Um,
0: do you have you had a similar experience in theatre, like the the I totally the moment of watching the working class. Experience on on um, TV and how resonant it is. But have you had that moment in theatre where you sit and go, "Oh my god!" Other than your own plays, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess with um, more recently, yes, um, with plays like Killimuck Muck, which yeah, by Cat Woods, which the, you know
0: so class um, artist from Northern yeah. Ireland, is that right? yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, and that was phenomenal. That was so I finally. I'd felt in more recent times like, oh my gosh, you know, even though obviously totally different, a part of the, a part of the world, but there was a commonality to, to the, to the things that, that the characters talked about watching the, the music, I can hear, I can hear the, um, the cranberries in my ear. Mm. Mm. (laughs) And the, the music was such a fundamental part of that show and the DNA and, and pinpointing a time, um, so Killimuck, certainly, but but you know Killimuck was also, as as well as very entertaining. It was fundamentally, deeply, it was drama. It was pure, pure, painful, emotion, deeply emotional, familial drama. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess also um, Box box Clever, in a way, which was the piece paired, which is by Monse Whitney, directed by Steph O'Driscoll. Yeah. And those two were paired together last year at the at the Bunker, two one-woman shows.
0: Both directed by, um, coming from a director, working-class women as well, isn't it? But yeah, absolutely. And Katrina Shoebridge or both. Yeah which you could see
1: in the work. Oh, absolutely, it, immediately, and that's why I connected with them with them so much. And again, Box Clever, well, I had a heartbreak. You know, I, you know, I think I remember sobbing um, at, at at both of them. Yeah. But at the same time, as they make you sob, they make you roar with laughter. And the, actually, the reason you sob is because they made they made you care, and they made you laugh mm-hmm. about those characters. So I know it you mean, is. It got like the range of it got like there's I find sometimes with
0: work that's about classes, it it's only through the lens of suffering because yeah always yeah. from the middle class lens it's about a lack it's like yeah. here, here's the good life you know TM yeah. and here's a sad life that lacks the, the things that made the yeah. good life rather than coming at it from like being in
1: yeah
0: and amongst the richness of that world yeah um yeah. and actually when you're allowed to like have the full range of humanity yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It does yeah. tend to be both entertaining and affecting, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and not so. You know, obviously, for me, working class identity is is a core of my identity, but I am a human. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah, yeah. It's like the, it's not the sole um, essence of, of 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 people either. You know, they are they 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 make mistakes, and they don't. We don't. You know, they don't all live in perpetual s- suffering. Um, and. Yeah, you know, actually, I guess without like putting any kind of label on anyone, I think that is is a part of working class identity that there is a, you know, a resolve to, to, to carry on. Um, yeah, and, resilience. Know, keep going, Resilience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not for everyone. I appreciate like I understand some people's circumstances are very, very difficult. But my personal experience and the people that I grew up around and, and watching were mm-hmm. very much that, you know, that we have to live side by side, pain and laughter, live side by side. And that's... Mm-hmm. feels feel like, like
0: oh, unbelievably closely.
1: Yeah, completely. Yeah. And that feels like a more authentic, truthful, you know, representation. I think it's interesting to think about the notes you get
0: given as a writer as well. Because mm-hmm. um, I know that, like, we've spoken multiple times about notes um, mm-hmm. that you and I both received in different things that have really what they've been doing is curtailing the working yeah. elements of the piece,
1: yeah, yeah. Um,
0: and so for you, how do you like? As you said, you like kind of sat that stuff off, but like it's not always that easy, as we both know. How no. do you read it? Like, how do you hold your screen You know,
1: I mean, I haven't solved solved that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Tell but, me, please. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like that is because it's so tied up in. I'm very collaborative, ultimately, mm. like, um, yeah, and a, and a Democrat, so and you know, total hands up a massive people pleaser i i don't like conflict so yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. okay okay we'll just do everything so i've had to learn the hard way uh, much to other people including yourself saying that that isn't going to help you Nasa in yeah. the long run um uh but it's easier said it's easier said than done i've had to learn the hard way to really find the things that i want to fight fight yeah. for and i you know hands up i've compromised when i should never ever have compromised Same. um and actually the pain of compromising when you look back and the anger that you feel it fuels me into the next thing though that's the thing that I'm holding on to I'm not erasing that and I guess that comes with like being able to carry on in the industry like I have the privilege of 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 having worked for for 10 years now so I wasn't that person at the start and there was a fear much 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 younger on you're always you know I think again but particularly my experience often there is a fear that you're gonna get kicked out in lots of things across working class identity or my my experience so you're like you don't want to upset anyone because they could turn you on your ear you know so and actually I think it comes with (laughs) sounds so crap but like being a bit older as as well and sort of because like
0: I think I think a lot of like different identities have this, um, that aren't the default, you know, that mm-hmm. you try and you do even if you're not conscious, you assimilate a bit. Like yeah, you absolutely. Turn down your whatever it is, your working yeah. classes, your queerness, your, you know,
1: yeah.
0: your yeah. thick Scottish accent that's now yeah. a lot lighter, you know, like Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like
0: over time, for sure. Like when I was at uni, I absolutely like got like there's a there's like home videos of me at 15, and you think it's a different voice, you know what I mean? Mm, But that's mm, the reality of like going through these institutions. Yeah,
1: it is washed. It is washed out of you. You know, beaten out of you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think you're right. It takes losing it to like realize that you it it was the good bit of you. Like it was the bit that made the work really good, really meant. But
1: yeah, and it was true, and it was truthful. You know, it was truthful to. To your experience, to the to the characters' experience, I get you know a telly thing that some people say is like with regards to swearing. They they say like, yeah. oh, you can have you can have two fucks for one shit. Yeah. Um, so there is, <laughs> like it, there is a bit of a like a, um, a a a chess game holding on, but I have I have in more recent times been very strong. Stronger Mm. than I ever was, and said, "No, that is not what this. That would not come out of this character's mouth. This is not who they are. Mm. Uh, It's my play at the end of the day, and I'm sticking to it." But that—that is, you know, hard to say. That is, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's not. I can't. You know, anyone listening or watching this is going to go, "Well, well, that's great." You know, how do you how do you get to that point? And it, 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 yeah, it's hard. Like, you know, I um, sort of
0: want to give like the. It's not only because it's not only the like the confidence,
1: yeah,
0: that is you know like there's a confidence that you're deserved to be in those spaces. You know, like yeah. I always could tell, like controversial, but I could always tell at uni who'd been to private school and who hadn't because yeah, the private school spoke so brilliantly as if everything yeah. they were saying was vital, and yeah. they spoke slowly. Yeah, like I was like literally like the speed dial was up and everyone else, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: she should listen, um. Yeah. But all those things feed into how you compromise along the way. Yeah, and yeah. I just love to be like, to give Something like, tangible. Yeah. Like tools to those younger artists where it's like, there's, there is yeah. a way that you can, um, you can say, you can say no.
1: Yeah.
0: And there's a way that you can interrogate. You don't have to be the person that falls because there yeah. because that other lens that's on you, that is just more backed up by society, really bluntly.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. you
0: can hold your own, you know?
1: I- I guess the other thing that I often do is like if there's something that I am unsure of and I think somebody might be taking out for, a you know, cutting or wanting to change for a reason that doesn't quite sit right for me. I again, but again, this comes back to confidence. I ask for the time I say, let's park that. I'm going to come back to you, like do a list of pros and cons, Mm. whether I think that should go or whether that should stay. Mm. and that because also um with my uh you know and something else that's very true is this if i've got dyslexia and dyspraxia yeah. so i can't always process very quickly in the moment mm. you know i can't i can't fight in the moment often um or or fight for something in in the moment yeah um, and that collides with this very collaborative wanting to please everyone so sometimes it's a, yeah. bit of a toxic mess for me so i, I have to just be re- i write everything down be really clear and 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 if there's something that rings alarm bells in the moment, I say, well, let me part that, let me really interrogate that and think about that because I've I've got dyslexia and that might not sit right with me. And I will come back with a list of ten reasons why it should why it should stay. Um or but why richer, it it? Yeah, it, actually. Yeah.
0: And um, not letting one unrigorous question destabilize you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I guess I come, you know, I always come back. To the argument because sometimes the argument is, well, why is it set here, or why is this character, um, why does this character have to be working class? And I always come back to my sort of core, yeah, talking about what we talked about. The thing is that they're working class because that's the landscape that I want to put on stage and te- and and screen, yeah. So I can't write it unless I do that. I mean, yeah. so that's a very, very personal, maybe a practical and a personal, um, but really
0: strong. Bring it back to like why the heck you're a writer
1: in the first place, right. Yeah, um, I've got two yeah, and why, why that person employed me, you know, yeah. they wanted my voice, so that's what you're what gonna do. get.
0: <laughs> I've got two questions before we do exercises. Um mm. what would you say to a middle or upper class writer who wants to write a working class story or character?
1: Mm. Question. Um uh, yeah, gosh. Um I would say lots of things i would say a should this story be be reframed from the from the perspective of the working class character if so can you give that space that literal commission that space to to somebody who is authentically from that background like that's a big that's a meta ask which i understand is you know sounds probably quite idealistic and financially idealistic But ultimately, that's what I, you know, I try and because I am in a better financial position than I was when I first started. If there's opportunities like that to pass, uh, to pass pass it over to somebody else.
0: Yeah. Um, I'd be interested as well on like what do you think about form like mm. in terms of working class cuz i was going through you know working class plays and stuff that we could maybe like attach to the mm-hmm. description of this for people to look up writers um and the form you know it, like to to my eyes naturalism dominated and dominates yeah. still and i know you write in naturalism for yeah like for for a set of aesthetic reasons yeah um but yeah i was wondering like is there any is there, is there like scope for the working class forum to, to not be that? Or why is it only that, you know?
1: Yeah, a- a- absolutely. Like a million percent. It's a conversation I have with David Loomgare of, of Common quite yeah, often. Who, you know, his, it's well yeah. worth
0: looking up Googling Common's work if you are um, working benefit under a criminal class artist. Um, Google Common right now. There
1: you go. <laughs> absolutely. Um, because you know something he said to me like where is the where is the working class horror where is the working class Mm -hmm. rom-com where is the working class so genre plays into form a lot yeah and I I can't you know I can't think of of you know when he asked me that question I couldn't think of them in terms Mm -hmm. of plays but Mm -hmm. even you know moving beyond like I guess um attack the block which actually yeah. is extremely old now very old yeah. um
0: parasite but, weirdly or oh, even though I don't I really don't yes. have a sense of, like the class system there other than yeah. That film. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah yeah parasite I suppose that um, might be it
0: like just parasite
1: <laughs> yeah and written like literally in you know the last year or so yeah whereas and I I don't you know this is just my hypothesis um I feel like I didn't, well, A, form wasn't open to me, you know, mm. uh, as a as a younger writer. Uh, like, I didn't know that you could explode, you know, I didn't yeah. know that you could explode form in that way. So, and then B, there's something about, there's such a hunger to get the story and uh, the characters centre stage, mm. that in a way, I'm not saying that naturalism is easier in any shape or form. It, mm. It's all bloody, really? bloody hard work. <laughs> um, but... If it, if it's about getting something to the stage, is 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 it quicker and more likely to be um, quickly understood if mm. it goes through the form of of, of naturalism? Mm. And actually, there needs to be like um, a second. I was going say second wave. I probably shouldn't say that, <laughs> but um, like a you know a, a new and renaissance. I suppose is, yeah. is the is the right word in um, the breadth of of work and genre that working class writers directors artists uh embrace at, um and that uh, you know otherwise we're a bit infantilized in mm. saying in that naturalism is is your form you know mm. and that naturalism is 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 you can't graduate beyond, beyond that and actually um i guess now what i because i'm doing a bit more work in telly, i and and I all of my plays that I'm writing, um, I guess for one of a better phrase, I like hyper theatrical. Mm. I don't know, really know what that yeah, means, yeah. but, but yeah. I, I am mean, everything I'm writing. I am interrogating them. and I guess prime example of that. Even though it was kind of it was given to me, it wasn't something I I didn't come up with the the absurdness nature of it. But is Debbie and I uh, worked on an adaptation of Ionesco's Rhinoceros, um, which had class and race. At, at the heart of it. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, that's a play that was um yeah written um in lots of things about it but I think one of the core is sort of the rhinoceros has become a metaphor for Nazism and we updated it to look at the alt-right today.
0: Yeah it's a um, whole village of people who start to turn into rhinoceroses.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I guess that is like my first throw into um and and some of the one girl in the piece is from a working working class background and mm. I'm aware that he's making oh it sounds like oh she's working class there she joins the alt-right but it's it's a lot more complicated than
0: that yeah <laughs> but um the complex but, relationship between the right and the white working class isn't it yeah
1: absolutely and, that's it yeah yeah and
0: the, the other girl who um is mixed race and, yeah yeah
1: and exactly. but it was also working class.
0: Yeah, um, been, uh, I guess yeah, it's really interesting to go but absurdism related to that world. Made yeah. a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: yeah, and actually, it was it was horror, wasn't it? Honestly. Yeah, it was
1: a horror. Yeah, yeah. It was like a. It was like a. I think that's what we taglined. It, it was like a. a yeah, a, a, an alt right horror <laughs> kind of thing. Like I yeah. looked at a lot of like you know Scream or those kind of horror. Horror movie, like it was quite gory, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I think people were, there was only one performance of it because of coronavirus. But I think people were terrified. Yeah, there was a lot. <laughs> and of there was a video of a guy yeah. like think. <laughs> but in a way, like I was very proud of it because it, you know, you didn't see it was it started off naturalistic and totally pushed into something else. So there is a that's a very you know my own practice that was like a very early. Into, like, into yeah
0: for me as well the the form had to change um through it because what we were dealing with was so absurd, like I yeah. do think that, I think there's like a conversation to be had at some point, like about the internet and class as well
1: yeah, absolutely the ability yeah.
0: to educate yourself online, the sort you of know. young young people's um like you get such a breadth of very edited but like nevertheless wide experiences through your phone, you know yeah different lives, so there's something in that that i think is like ahead and yeah. rhinoceros touched on that yeah. Um, yeah and because of that it couldn't be natural it couldn't because of the original play but it just couldn't be because the the, con- the subject matter asked for something that you know like the rhinoceros did broke through a wall you know yeah and yeah. crawled up through from the floor
1: yeah and
0: serenaded someone like it needed to be there because actually we we are there as a society yeah Yeah.
1: Yeah. is there any
0: parting thing you'd like to leave um a working class writer watching this before we do the exercises (laughs) um big pressure
1: I think just I guess what's happened over the last with regards to lockdown Mm. what's happened to me is um and I've been very privileged and able to be in those meetings I understand that it's not always possible but I've never so I've been on a lot of like zooms um to for other working class artists across an intersection of disciplines um and there is that other working class people exist <laughs> um so if you can um become you know join a community and it doesn't you know mm. i sound like i'm bringing you to a cult you know like <laughs> i don't mean it like that <laughs> <laughs> but that has really like inspired me it's like i didn't know you know because because of because of um poverty and uh you know not being able for the train you know to mm. to go to other parts of the country never have you know there was like a group first like um class and coronavirus um meeting which was led by Stephadrisco and kept at shoebridge there are about 60 working class artists across all disciplines and i have to say like this is the this is a moment this has never happened before we've never collectivized and even if we're just talking and sharing you know mm. well, like well that was shit and you know mm. it doesn't always how have to be like. That...
0: how could we not have that again right yeah
1: exactly yeah like i think if you if you can get on one of these things you will find a kin a kinship and a, k- a connection mm. so that would be like that's a very like human thing but writing I think you know just just keep keep writing keep telling the story that you want to tell the story that you don't see mm. and, and that needs to be the center stage
0: mm. can I add those things together because I would say yeah, that, like, go for it. the thing I see uh, that the thing that I've seen in your career and in mine is the is exactly the link between those which is that like, once you connect to other Artists from that background, like you know, good things will happen. Yeah. Um, and to be out there, getting, getting burnt out, getting chipped away at, at getting those notes getting washed out. You know, it's really exhausting. Um, yeah. and when you link up with someone who you can have a nuanced conversation with, you can just ha- even start the bloody conversation at all. Yeah. Um, you, yeah, God, like it suddenly you do ha- suddenly you're you've made. At home haven't you Made yeah. a place yeah. for yourself
1: Absolutely. in the
0: space between the two of you
1: yeah um, yeah and it's does
0: we've gravitated to each other doesn't you exactly, know I
1: exactly mean? yeah well I was so exhausted about trying to infiltrate you know institutions yeah and, and the way and trying to work out what are the mechanisms that will get that get me in and that burnt that burnt me out you know and oh, yeah. um, for, for a long time and actually it's easier said than done but making your own connections and the way to do that is is through this through through collectivism I wish you know I wish I'd been able to connect with other working even like you know like lighting it's not just directors but lighting designers you know sound designers designers, anything Um, crew you know like there's something that is so without sounding like wanky but like food for the soul almost you know like a a connectivity that um I like I should also say like you know I ushered at the royal court for like nearly n- nearly nine years and um yeah being uh, being in in a in a building and yeah like just find it, I found a community there with within the ushers you know and sort of uh and yeah I mean that's another thing like, on a very practical early level I know it's not practical right now because the closed, but that was like a secondary education for me, I suppose. It was the way I could get in, being an usher, watching yeah. the shows over and over again, and it was a way I could see shows, be paid to watch shows, mm. and have conversations, and see you know other forms and, and um, forms of theatre.
0: Yeah, I worked in cinemas a lot, and I did that. Yeah, as
1: well. yeah. and so you also, you know, one. yeah. Are there are other artists, other other artists that are ushers. We're all artists. Yeah. <laughs>
0: graphic novelists band members who like yeah you it lets you expand I had a great conversation a lightning signer the other day called Catherine Williams in Edinburgh Mm. and we were talking about what lockdown had done for us and our our perception of our careers and she said this Mm. great thing that's like I'm going to stop trying to succeed at theatre yeah and just make work and I was like, "Oh, you're so right." Because succeeding at theatre is what leads you down all these other paths that other people have done that were never actually built to favour you in the first place.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So go find your find your people. Build your own. Yeah. Um, and that is a practical thing. Like it can yeah. be done. And if you, I find, like we're now ten years in, both of us.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. We'll answer any ask for like advice and help. You know what I mean? Yeah
1: yeah absolutely um
0: so ask as people will yeah it's a big call to arms isn't it but it's yeah it
1: is it is, it is. it's collectivism it, it's you mm. know it's it's a it's a union without being a without being a you know official official union it, it is it is building your own tribe
0: 100% should we do some of these exercises
1: yeah absolutely Put that document up
0: My so I
1: might go but I am here
0: <laughs> yeah. than a runner um, so we've got four exercises that you that we thought could connect particularly for writers of a working class background although I think it could very much cover the other class identities you mentioned as well mm-hmm. um, so we're just going to do four of them I'll kick them off the first thing is um really celebrating those moments of working class culture that you do not see on stage there's quite a lot of that in fact um catelyn moran i remember said i'm going to write about being poor fat working class and female until mm-hmm. everyone's writing about it and i remember being like yeah like you never that's a really paraphrased quote i have to say but <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a brilliant thing that i was like oh yeah like the, this yeah there's so much that is still unsaid you know um so for this the exercise is really simple which is to think of a moment from your your life your lived experience that you don't see you've not seen on stage and you've not seen on tv Mm -hmm. um and uh let me think of a really good example um oh like um was at my best mate's giant family party she's from like generations of working class um there's always a giant paddling pool all the men around the barbecue there's this matriarchal grandmother who's got like 10 sovereign rings and just gives out <laughs> advice to everyone and then there's a cousin who'd been back who was in had just got out of jail and it was about welcoming him back into the fold you know and that moment's just not like ever I never watched sat in a proscenium arch watching that um, <laughs> So find your own version of that from your lived experience um and pick a character in it and write a monologue that is just describing it from all the senses. Don't worry too much about plot beat or drama. It's just, I'm gonna put a person in there and tell, you know, flesh out a really highly HD picture of what it's like to be in that moment. Um, and that won't necessarily be work as a scene in itself, but it's just giving you like putting put it center stage, as you always say, um, and giving it validity. Like yeah. it deserves the time to be described and explored, and it is as detailed and nuanced um, as any you know any other level of class experience. It just hasn't really been done too much, so
1: yeah. giving yeah. you time to do that. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's really good. Really good idea. Okay. Do you want me? To, to, shall I talk about um, so something else? Debbie and I sort of have discussed in the past before, but but also um, I think about a lot is is it's not it's not. I mean, it is what the characters say, but it's how they say it and i ha- I remember having this really like epiphany moment when I was watching I know I keep referencing TV but um uh, happy Valley yeah. and I was like that you know this is a working class story um at its core because of the rhythms and the way in which those characters speak and the way in which the words are literally put um in a certain order, and that yeah. that. Um, and from that you can kind of detect a voice almost mm-hmm. and a and a tone and a, a rhythm of body as well and a rhythm of like being um so one of the things like i think this is like more of an early starter um activity is take an existing text and we can give some examples um later on or um as additional material and find like a a line or a phrase and kind of like deconstruct it in terms of um how are the words put put together um what are the rhythms and the, what's the pattern if you look if you if you look at everything that char- one character says is there a rhythm in which in which they say it and how they say it and also um we talked about uh like um well what was the other thing i was gonna say it's gonna my brain um the uh oh, sorry,
0: use it like how you lay it out
1: in the page yeah that's it yeah 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 yeah. and sort of like writing how what I do a lot is write how people speak and I always get uh, that's another thing I always get like I always get told off for told off in the listen like this is repetitious this is you know Yeah, yeah but people are and like they don't speak in these perfect eloquent kind of uh sentences um which, yeah. which is kind of at arms, or at, not arms, at, at, um, what do you call it? At, at odds. At odds, yeah, at arms, at odds, <laughs> at odds with the idea of dialogue because dialogue is very much, you know... Very horned. Yeah, exactly. And actually, when I, you know, I, I write in a way that is about listening to people, somebody once said it's very verbatim-like, um, and that's because... Um, so therefore, it isn't going to have that clipped nature to it. And that there's a balance, I think. There's, you can still be truthful to the rhythm in which somebody speaks and be pushing the story for, forward yeah. in terms of the dialogue that they say.
0: I'd say as well, if you, like, what, what I find useful is to like let go of the grammar rules. Yeah. And like if you want to use all capitals on a word because you want to hit that emphasis, or you want to lay out a sentence, one word, one word, one word, one word, Big long dense bit because you want to get the rhythm over. Then do that. Like it might, uh, it might be. I'm just thinking of like writers, Scottish writers, like Ali Smith or Jenny Fagan, who mm, mm. who write in the rhythm of like Scottish patterns, particularly. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah,
0: and you can see it on the page, and that's that that gives the actor the performance. Like if you've got if you've got I'm um, just going to swear, but if you've got like fuck 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 written in a line, it's a different thing from fuck a big space. Yeah, you know, like yeah. you you can deliver the thought and the the rhythm in that, and that is directly linked to class use of language, I think.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and 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 uh and dif- you know, being from different locations and with different with different dialects and different, yeah. um, you know, embrace that of... rather than like yeah, edit it out. Yeah. Just, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah,
0: more in a um, more in Pearson. I think of a good one of her titles is an amazing um uh playwright in scotland who writes in doric uh mm. which is like a really specific um dialect um yeah. but yeah she's well uh, in so many plays by her artist man mm. and mother woman um mm. if you want to see someone who's really like sitting in a different way of speaking and hasn't been edited and washed out um yeah. The third one we had was about metaphor, and this is about pushing the form thing a bit. Um, so I think the stage is really good for uh, making a space that's quite directorial that works as a metaphor. Like it's it's really helpful for that. So, for instance, a really clear example of that is if you want to show someone nervous in an exam, you could put a kid at a table with a you know bit of paper and a clock, or you could put them on a six foot tall chair and a six foot tall table that wobbles um with a clock that's moving too fast and that's not realism but it's closer to the feeling yeah that that I'm up here the time's going everything's going to fall apart um and that's more metaphorical because it it goes into like the expression of the thing um so I think there would be and maybe again taking a couple of experiences from from your lived experience of that class identity and finding the on stage you know either more expressive or more metaphorical version of that thing so I just thought like I don't I don't know if this is you as well Nisa but like a big part mm-hmm. of like growing up um uh on the only estate that I did um mm-hmm. it's going over to the high flats with my best mate and learning a dance routine yeah yeah pop it, yeah pops up, yeah. you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Uh, badly um but I was like what a brilliant thing like that we haven't really seen on stage maybe in a film like in fish tank is kind of a brilliant moment yeah a
1: little bit in that um
0: but I thought what a great thing she could do the realist version which is two young girls you know learning a dance routine to like um like a shit cassette because it was in the 90s Mm. um or you could do the stage version where actually you know like it becomes huge and there's mm. and the backing dancers and their head come in and the lights yeah. become a music video of their mind and yes. you know a disco ball drops in and you know and it's it, that's the feeling of doing that dance with your friends. Yeah, you like you're the coolest, you know, hottest. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, amazing. thing alive
0: ever. Yeah, um,
1: yeah.
0: But equally, you could do that on something that like I chose that euphoric example because I think that's the yeah. thing you don't see as much. Um, yeah but equally there's you can do it for moments of like distress as well moments of pain yeah Um, how you know like if you had a hyper-realistic set and someone's lost their uh lost their husband or something you could remove Mm -hmm. every single bit of the set around them and then put the metaphor for what losing your your home is
1: yeah that's a literal metaphor but you know what I mean yeah absolutely Um, yeah
0: brilliant wait do you want to do the alphabet one
1: yeah so um I guess this one is more about starting out um, or if you're blocked um, and you're struggling to, um, yeah, to to unlock something about what your story might be. And uh, I have to be completely transparent. This this is, a, I've edited this based on something that Evan Placey, playwright, um, shared with me once. Um, <laughs> so, um, and also it's about like, uh that the the left and right brain like um coming in together and like the chaos side which you because you uh, of your brain and this more structured side because you do need both when you're um when you're writing basically uh, or making any piece of art i guess you need um those need to be sort of sitting um together in some shape or form um so with this exercise what you do is write down the whole alphabet on a on the left hand side of your piece of paper on your computer or whatever um and just write the don't think just write the first word that um comes to mind connected with that letter so i've got an example here apple beasts capitalism (laughs) (laughs) what more could you want there's a title for a new play Um, and then once you've done that put that to one side or or turn over a new piece of paper and then Um, sometimes it's useful to put a timer on this so maybe like put a timer on for a one minute and write out all the themes that could potentially be a a subject matter for a play related to a working class identity or the working class experience so again I've got some examples hope poverty porn misrepresentation being the only working class person in a middle class workplace um so and then when that time and write and again, don't think, just write. Um, and when that timer stops, stops. And then what you do next is kind of marry those two things together. And it, it's really helpful in terms of creating a first character potentially. Um, and what you do now is write a monologue um, using picking pick one of those um, subjects that you've chosen. Take the alphabet words that you've got, and then write the monologue. Um, using the words you wrote down in the alphabet exercise, write a monologue based on one of the themes but you must use the words in the order of which you wrote them you can add in other words so I mean I'm sure I'm going to get commissioned off the back of this apples are like beasts um, and beast is like capitalism capitalism yeah, yeah. that's like truly horrifically <laughs> terrible so you
0: could do like a play about a monologue about hope Yeah. As long as it's like, "Oh, um I picked the apple off the tree, um yeah, he took it off me or
1: something, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah,
0: I don't know how that was hopeful, <laughs>
1: no, sorry, <laughs> yeah but that's the point, yeah, but yeah. again, even when you do that part because that's like three parts to the exercise when you do that part you you know you don't have to think too too much, like yeah. um Lynn Cochland always said this when I was um i i training and doing like um training to be a playwright that we worry that we think too much as writers and small bit bit you know just getting something down you can always edit it later you can throw it away but something is better than nothing
0: yeah um, yeah and generating that material and I like takes pressure off you isn't it you just you yeah. just fill in and then Absolutely. you can like,
1: carve it and yeah put the crap. I guess that was really opening to me because I think partly there's dyslexia, let's see, partly the working class identity identity is that you've got to get it right. You know, you can't, yeah. you've got one shot and you've got to get it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise you're, you're, you're out the door. And that was really like liberating to me. Cause I was like, I gotta, I just gotta get it out. I have got to get it right. Thank you so
0: much. So that was so wicked. Um, I just think like you and I have spent all of lockdown having conversations about class really. And, yeah. um, it's just really exciting and hopeful that institutions and the whole industry really also starts having that conversation because it is it is the, the most intersectional thing, isn't it? Like it's the yeah. spine that all the other identities meet. Um, and yeah, like we've got a long history of brilliant working class artists who, yeah. across all the forms, um, yeah. So I, I'm, I hope that that shows up in theater even more when we start yeah.
1: to reopen absolutely yeah Um, thank
0: you so much that was so brilliant
1: thank you for your time
0: you can watch or listen to all available open submissions workshops on our website for more information and to support our talent development work please see the support us page on our website every donation makes a huge difference